if the day that you put the offer in and you take an accepted offer, as soon as possible, I'd have your drawings person and your designer. You know, if you're looking for that team member. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. Right Club Nation, welcome back. I'm Sarah Larby. I'm here today with Alfonso Salemi, and we've got some awesome things happening. And we also have a great interview coming up with John from Blackjack Contracting. And we're going to talk about how to find a great contractor, how to price out some, some different uh, parts of the property, some duplex conversions. We talk a lot about the whole renovation process. So my favorite strategy, the birth strategy, the reno piece is, uh, is sometimes the hardest to, to find and to get right. So I'm really excited about today, but before we get into that, Alfonso, what is new on your end? Yeah, Sarah, continuing uh, yeah, continue to grow at Jag Properties, more rent-to-own projects that we're bringing on and refining. The team is growing as well, too. And uh, yeah, super excited that I've been able to connect with, you know, really keep in touch and a pulse of the real estate community through the Right Club website through the forums and, and through the chats with all the different investors in the community. It's been awesome. Every once in a while, I'll throw up a question up on Facebook to see what everybody's uh, is up to. And it's crazy. We are such an active community. There's people buying, selling, renting, refinancing, doing so much on a daily basis. It's, it's kind of cool to see it live happening, whether it's at the right club, um, right club community or even on the on the facebook page so if you haven't had a chance get on there it's the rightclub.com find us on facebook reach out to sarah and i send a message we love hearing from you guys and uh, love sharing those successes because we're all growing together so that's what i've been up to and uh yeah it's been really fun this this interview is really great because it's my least favorite part of like just life in general like renovations and repairs and all that kind of stuff like i'm great at demo i'm a wrecking ball when it comes to <laughs> demo but putting it all back together and making it look good in a timely fashion, cost-effective way, all the things that you need to do. So uh, John's a great interview. I know, Sarah, you've worked with John. And yeah, you've run out, geez, probably like at least a good dozen or so properties, your cottage as well too, right? Um, where you've done some rentals, huge, huge part of the, of the process. Yeah, I mean, I've done it both ways. I've done it where I've hired a contractor like John to do it. And I've done it where I was the contractor and I was managing the trades. And I'll, I'll tell you, one takes a lot more time than the other and one takes a lot less money than the other. So you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons to both and how much time and versus money that you have. But uh, it's, uh, I, I will tell you, you know, John has a great reputation in the industry. He does a great job. He's very well versed with working with investors. I mean, that's all he does is work with investors and, uh, and he's honest. And I think that's just, you know, important to, to be able to, to work with somebody on your team. A good contractor is going to help you. I, I can tell you, you can, I, there's nightmare stories. I even have nightmare stories of having the wrong, you know, trades people or the wrong people that I had to fire that did horrible renos back in the day when I first got started. So it is important to find something 
mean, that's somebody that is, uh, is able to do it, keep, will keep his word and uh, get it done on time and on budget and, you know, well as well. So I'm excited for this podcast, Alfonso. What, you, what do you say? Shall we uh, press play and bring John in? Let's do it. Let's get to the podcast. All right. Hey, welcome to the show, John Tembrick. Thanks so much for joining us uh, today. And, uh, and thanks for being a, an amazing supporter uh, ongoing of, of the Right Club. Uh, for those of you in the Right Club Nation that haven't had the chance to meet with or work with John, uh, John, give us a little bit of a background uh, so that our community can get to know you a little bit better. Well, thanks for having me on. It's really exciting. My name's John. I'm the owner of Blackjack Contracting. I also own the TNL Wiring Pro. So I started out as a uh, as an electrical contractor and merged into becoming a general contractor, focusing originally on basement suites and haven't stopped. We're, we've done 116 so far and have 19 on the go. And we're now expanding from, uh, from well into uh, to London. So it's, uh, everything's going real well and really enjoy working with uh, the people that support the right club. That's awesome. Now, sorry, did I hear 116 projects that you've done uh, suite conversions? Sweet conversion. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, that's really good because I, I want to talk about this because you're one of the contractors that I know there's not that many, but you're strictly working with investors for investors and you're able to analyze the numbers, understand what an ARV is. If they're looking for certain, you know, ARV, you're not going to over renovate. So, so let me ask you this then. Well, first and foremost, how long have you been in business? And, uh, and, and, you know, I know you were an electrician before, but can you just briefly talk about that? Yeah. So we, we started Blackjack in uh, August of 2017. I was actually doing electrical work for another guy like myself working for the real estate investors in the basement suite. So I had, I'd done uh, 50 or 60 legal second suites when I was on the electrical side. And the gentleman that I was working for became a friend, but we, uh, we always made fun because the jobs were always such a messy gong show. So I sat down on that, on that day and said, I bet you I could do it better. That's why we have a gambling name. And uh, ever since we haven't stopped. And uh, so it's been just over three years and uh, it's been a good ride and, and uh, keep looking forward to more. You, you actually have the best business cards. It's like actually like a poker chip. That is like the coolest yeah. thing I've ever seen. Love it. So I want to go back to my question then. How is it different working with investors versus like a regular homeowner? You know what? For a seasoned investor compared to a homeowner, it's the best thing about it is there's absolutely no emotions involved with, with working for real estate investors. It's business, it's money, it's numbers. It has to make sense. It has to be of good value where a homeowner, it's all about emotional decisions because they're going to live there and it should be more emotional. Um, so when you get in with a, a newer investor, you will, you will fight a little bit of the emotions, fight a little bit of the, uh, pretty stuff versus the important stuff. Uh, but usually the, the numbers will take back over and it's all business decision. It's all about running the numbers on your deal. And, uh, so we, we try to guide them in the right directions that sometimes it's better to have a new furnace than it is to have quartz countertops, that type thing. And most will understand that. So it's, it's I tell you the truth. That's why I do it. It's, I love working with real estate investors because it's simple. It's easy to understand. There's no guessing what they're feeling. There's no husbands and wives fighting about uh, tile fixing. It's, it's strictly business. And that's why I choose to do it this way and don't plan on changing ever. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would assume that one of, one of the big, one of the big pluses or, or advantages is that you're working on like job sites. And I'm using air quotes for those that are listening, like 
job, job sites versus somebody's home, right? Where they're kind of shimming by you, like maybe using a table saw to get something out of the fridge versus now you kind of almost have a clean canvas or creating that clean canvas for a lot of those, uh, those investors. Yeah, it's great because usually we're getting the properties right after they're purchased. So it's a, it's pretty much a blank canvas. It's empty. I mean, we all, we all have tenants, right? So sometimes you're dealing with existing tenants and that can make a project a lot more challenging. We're dealing with that a couple right now, especially during COVID times, because it's been a challenge for landlords to get rid of or evict tenants for even for renovation purposes. So it's been a little bit more challenging this year, but normally it's a blank slate and it's, uh, it's really nice because you can, you can see it, you get the homeowners pack, you know, close on it day one and we're renovating day two. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So when you, and you said you, you're working with the, with your investor partners, the clients pretty much once they move in. So at what point, you know, a lot of our investors, we always focus, you know, well, we'll talk about specifically the burr. We, we have Sarah here to make sure that we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about it correctly. Right. But obviously your part is the renovate part of the, that burr, right? Yeah. And, and you know, long before you get into that renovate, you're trying to find the property, you're trying to make sure the numbers work, you get the rents in those areas. At what point do, does that investor engage with you to say, hey, I'm gonna eventually find one or I'm gonna find one, like how much lead time? And again, this is all different based on your business and, and other people's timelines as well too, but when should they start engaging you or getting at least some ideas on numbers on if it's a 50,000 reno or a $200,000 reno? You know, as early as possible, you know, sometimes we'll be part of the shopping process. I have some, I have a really good customer that's a right club uh, follower and member that uh, the last four duplexes he bought, he never saw before they closed. So uh, we worked with the realtor and, you know, I go in there with her, you know, she makes sure the numbers work. I make sure what the value is going to be. And, uh, and then so I can, they can go in educated to their bidding process. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's been really good. And then, you know, some people will, will bring me in, you know, on home inspection day, which is great because you still got that chance to get out. If I see something or the numbers aren't going to work, you know, I've had, I mean, sometimes we get in late to the game, but you know, as, as, as an investor, the earlier that you can get your, your team in, in there to analyze it, and at least we'll tell you something you didn't see. Right. A lot of times I'll do the home inspection for the client just because I'm going to be doing the work anyway. So if there's something I'm going to be changing, it doesn't really matter if it's bad on the home inspection. So we kind of work that way. And, but uh, my, my advice is early as possible. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely. And they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life. But when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think in this market, 
because of the house prices, like it, it's probably more and more important. Like when I first started, I was able to burr singles, you know, they're hard now. Mm. They're hard because with, with the, you know, just the single rent, you may not cash flow anymore back in the day you used to be able to. So I, I think, you know, the strategy now with burring is going to be doing conversions of some kind, right? Or you can get lucky and just buy a duplex that's already done and hopefully vacant. But I think that's that's the wave of the future now. If if we're burring, is we're going to be burring singles to duplexes or some something like that. Are you able to share like so when you go into some properties to to give a quote? Like, what are some of the things that you look for in order to to see like what you know what makes sense to do? If we're focusing on a conversion, for example, what I'm really concerned about when I go see the property would be like the mechan- the existing electrical, mechanical, and plumbing, because those are the big ticket items. So those are the things that are going to really drive up the price of your, your reno if they're not good. Most of the other stuff's not as big of a deal, but if I'm going in, I'm looking at window conditions because there is natural lighting requirements for a conversion. Say it's a basement, we have to have 5% in the, in the living room and 2.5% in the bedroom. So that's key, right? If you have... A basement that's got 50 year old windows, we're going to have to replace those, you know, that's a five, $6,000 item, right? So we're trying to analyze what's going to cost you the most money. Most of the construction's pretty straightforward. It's those things that can really take a price from a reasonable budget to a profitable budget to a overblown budget. So those are my key items. Um, I'll, you know, usually I've done this so many times now that I'll, you know, I can throw a little layout too to make sure it's going to be a nice basement if there's nothing in there until the designer gets there and make blueprints. And that's, and that's really nice to have on your team if you can have somebody like that because it can save you a lot of headaches and a lot of money in the beginning and, and it can throw out a lot of good ideas. Um, I'm looking at, just for example, we're, look, we're working on one in Welland right now that they came in and designed something and I completely changed it because I did the one across the street. So, you know, I mean, I knew I would work there. And, but if, that's why it's nice to have that experience on your side, especially with the conversions. Like renovations in general, there's some not complicated things, but specialty items, it's nice to have an experienced person. I wouldn't, on my own, you know, I wouldn't want to bring a plumber that's in first year, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's, the experience does say something and um, that's where I would go with that. Okay, awesome. Now, when you're, when you're looking and you're giving quotes as an example, like what are, so like working with investors, I mean, you, you obviously work in different markets, but what are some things that you suggest that they don't cheap out on? versus some things that they can maybe cut out or or buy you know less expensive versions of so i'm biased i'll tell you that right now because i'm an electrician obviously but i care about what's behind the walls more when i see on the walls to be honest with you so the stuff that's in the walls aka plumbing electrical hvac insulation stuff that you can't really change later without tearing all your part about is what I care about and what I recommend the most. A countertop can be changed. You know, a sink can be changed. Cabinets can be changed, but the wiring plumbing and HVAC is real expensive and real hard to change. So if you're looking at a property and you really want to do all this pretty stuff, cause you think it's going to get you a better ARV, but if you can, you can do that on your next tenant cycle turnover and make sure the major stuff's fixed. Now it's going to save you a lot of money next time. And that's what I try to promote the most. And, you know, with the things that are constantly evolvingly changing, like one, acquiring the property, finding that that seems to be taking a lot longer, a lot more competitive and and having to be more creative, finding, you know, those off market opportunities and and those types of things and getting that. But what are, what are the things that are taking the longest right now? 
in your from your side of things that again investors can can anticipate right that to say okay well in my you know on average it was two weeks before and now it's four or things that we can do that will that will kind of get you in, in there with the hit the ground running right so that you're yep. not reverting back you know if the day that you put the offer in and you take an accepted offer as soon as possible i'd have your drawings person in your designer you know if you're looking for that team member. There's a lot of great ones in the right cup alone, but sometimes your contractor will have one. Sometimes your realtor will have one, or there's lots of resources, but as soon as possible, have your designer. in because a designer, a good designer usually takes two or three weeks to produce a set of uh, blueprints, right? And then we have to go to the city. So three years ago, when we started this, you know, it take two weeks in the city. You know, the fastest one we ever got was three days. Now, in some cities, the minimum's three weeks, and then we're seeing this summer. I've seen eight weeks for for you know duplex permits in in Hamilton, for example, which has been a really slow year. So blueprints are the first one and key to the project. Even if you're and if you're just doing a regular reno and you're not getting into this, like for windows, I used to be able to get windows in two weeks every Thursday. Right now, I'm waiting about nine weeks. Simple things like IKEA kitchens. Uh, you know, used to be able to walk to the store in Burlington and buy all the kitchens you want. Now they have some stuff, they don't have others. You're waiting in line, you're waiting for the truck at day of truck because you don't know how fast people are gonna go. So material, and then everybody knows the price of materials this year, especially two by fours, like decking with this material this year was like pot of gold. It's slightly improved, but I can see that being bad again in the coming spring. So everything now is about pre-planning and ordering as soon as you can, planning as soon as you can, getting your drawings and permits done as soon as you can. Even if you're closing on a house three months from now, I would recommend getting that done because it's going to make it at least when you come closing, you'll be ready to go. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Red Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Red Club and many members of the Red Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We as Elevation Realty are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Wright Club and we have been attending since the second Wright Club. We are an investment focused, high volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you wanna find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the Right Club find flips, single family rentals, duplex conversions, three and four unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Do you recommend, because I know there's like appliance issues. Like, what, like, so what do you recommend that we, we stock up on, you know, to, to get ready for a basement conversion before it actually starts? If, if let's just say we've got a two month, you know, closing window. 
if you had two month closing window, honestly, as you brought it up, appliances because it used to be able to get seven, you know, two weeks for a set of appliances. I ordered one seven weeks ago. I still don't have it, and and I'm ordering I'm ordering you know investor grade appliances. I'm not ordering no Taj Mahals here. So when the project's closing, getting getting appliances ordered is a good one. If you have windows to do, get those in as soon as possible. Lumber is not so bad. It really isn't drywall insulation. It's all pretty standard. But another thing to consider this year is this has been the busiest construction year in the in the record record period. Hamilton, even with the COVID, the building permits were over a billion dollars in Hamilton alone this year um, in construction value. So tradespeople are book solid. Contractors are booked solid. So don't wait until two weeks before your project's about to start to start looking for a contractor. Look from day one. And if you're going to self-manage the project, which is a great way to save money, if you have the time, you need to be booking trades weeks, months in advance because everybody is busy this year. Yeah. And you know what? And, and this is why like, you know, maybe a few months back, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to relate as much going through an actual duplex conversion myself and seeing, you know, luckily just right before or right at the beginning of that COVID kind of seeing like that, it's almost like a, an orchestra, right? Hitting the right notes at the right time, having those right people after one after the other. And now people are, you know, order appliances as soon as you close and then having your drawer. So it's kind of really mixed, mashed and really jumbled things up. So it is even more important to work with the professionals that, you, you know, it's not even so important that you knew how it was done. It's now, what are you doing to currently adapt? Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, so I guess maybe here's a common question or, or maybe not a common question, but what's a common mistake that a lot of investors make that you're like, oh, I wish they just wouldn't do that. I know we talked about the emotional and just the logical side of things, but what's, whether it's the conversions or, or construction, what are, what are some common mistakes investors do and make? Uh, a couple things. One is underestimating what something's going to take because uh, they didn't really get the advice up front. So I've seen people buy houses under the assumption that a renovation's worth $40,000. I saw this last week that was $40,000 based on bad advice. And when it was over a hundred was the real number, right? So that's, uh, that's pretty scary, especially, you know, when you're analyzing a property, that kind of difference. And another thing is overdoing a renovation. I see a lot. I'm doing one right now. Awesome, awesome people but they went a little gung ho and demoed themselves and they just went too far. And now we're talking a large scale renovation that didn't need to be so large scale renovation. Right. And so there is such thing as overrunning even for me. So that's, that's a lot of mistakes I see regularly. Yeah. You don't want to be cleaning up that stuff after the fact, it's going to be very expensive. So, you know, get the right people on your team to start with. It's going to save you a lot of money can you like, are you able to share like roughly, okay, we go into a unit and I know, and I know the one thing that is awesome with you is you can come out and, and help as well. And you can do the video calls with investors, which is also great. But what are some things like, let's just say they, they go see a bungalow, you know, and they go to the basement and it's just a blank slate. Like what are some of the things that they should say, okay, this is going to cost roughly this. This These are the big ticket items. This is going to cost roughly this. Cause I, I think the average price of a a conversion is anywhere between, I mean, depending on if you're doing it upstairs, 80 to 120 potentially plus um, is, yep. you know, give or take, right? Um, but what are yep. some of the big items that were like, okay, this is going to be X roughly, this is going to be X and they kind of can add it in their minds. So again, the, the general construction costs are relatively thing, but it's back to that 
electrical plumbing, HVAC windows type thing, right? Those are all big tech items. So say you need a new furnace, for example, that could be pre-COVID. You could get one for about $2,500 right now. The cheapest one I can buy is about $3,500 installed, right? So budget three to 4,000 for a furnace. A lot, uh, this is actually a good one that's undervalued this day. It's becoming a bigger and bigger issue is your water main service coming into your house. For Hamilton, for example, uh, most of them were built with three-eighths lead lines. It was just normal, right? So for a single family, that water pressure is just fine, but you add a double family to it, it's just lousy water pressure. Well, cities are starting to mandate that. So that's a three three to $4,000 hit right there, and you're going to have to dig up the lawn, so there's going to be some landscaping to do, right? So that's it's also about the little things that you don't think about after the fact, right? So you go and rewire a house, but you got to remember, you got to fix holes and, and you got to patch and paint, right? It's all additional costs, but uh, like electrical, you know, a hydro service, you have a hundred amp hydro service. Well, that's not going to work for a duplex conversion, right? So that's going to be between 1500 and $2,500. And if you want to put that extra meter, add another thousand dollars on type thing. Plumbing mostly gets redone when you do a conversion. But if you have, you know, one thing you want to be careful for is galvanized plumbing, right? If you got to replumb a whole house, you could be looking at five to $10,000. Electrical, um, you get into a bungalow. A lot, they weren't knob and tube. It's too, it's too young for knob and tube, but there's a stuff called ungrounded wiring and it's basically the stage afterwards. And it's, it's technically just as dangerous and most insurance companies don't like it this day. And I say, if you have a standard thousand foot bungalow, it's going to cost you between six and eight thousand dollars to get that updated before you can finish the basement because it was all wired through the basement and you can't have that anymore when you go to do a conversion so it's all those type of things that could really add up quick if that answers your question yeah and you know what and, and, and the way that it just rolls off your tongue you can just tell the experience and the knowledge it's almost like uh what was that movie like robocop you're walking into <laughs> to houses and you're kind of already seeing what it can be or where the potential issues are and i, I know for myself i'm looking on there going oh my god we have to do this and getting worried about all the different types of construction and, and things like that so so talk a little bit about you know the areas that that you're primarily in and 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 you mentioned already the electrical and some of the the, the water lines that uh, the cities are mandating what are some things that like that shocked you or surprised you or now that maybe you're going to see more of based on that type of stuff like on, on legislating and, and getting the proper permits for for these cities like again like ceiling heights window restrictions what's something that's a little bit more i guess in vogue now so they've actually lowered the rules a lot in the conversion for fire separation which is quite surprising to the point where we're only actually obtaining a 20-minute fire separation in most of these conversions most of it's built for sound which is quite surprising uh, what's surprising to me is is some of the cities how difficult they make it even with the housing shortage uh, I'm, I'm pretty well known for for talking about St. Catharines uh, St. Catharines has some pretty ridiculous rules when it comes to zoning and how you construct these things and the difficulty, which really drives investors out of the city. There's still lots of people doing it, but there's just thousands and thousands of people avoiding it, which is very surprising to me that they wouldn't even start talking, even though we've tried to talk to them about it and investors have talked about it. And then places like Welland, for example, which is just an amazing place to work. And then they're allowing, and they've, they've changed all the zoning to one. So you can pretty much have a blank slate. You want to build a triplex, no problem. You have, you meet the requirements to let you do it. Coach housing's coming in. So it's, what's really been surprising to me over the last few years is how the different bylaws affect 
real estate investors and how important those are. Like I'd say that's your number one key to going into looking for a property is working with an agent or working with somebody that understands the local bylaws because it could make or break your project. And that's something that when I go into a new area, I got to learn myself because that's something that we try to coach our, our clients on. So uh, we've been pretty, we, we started out in St. Catharines, which is very difficult. So I think that's made it easier for us because everywhere else just seems easy to us. But, um, and, and, and it really is, once you get the system down, I got to be honest, it's not rocket science. It's just building, building the system, how to do this. But uh, again, to answer your question, it's just, I think that's surprising to me is how difficult each city can make these projects or how easy they can make these projects for and when they, especially when they want real estate investment, like well and welcomed it, they said, please, right? And it's really transformed the city. In the last year and a half, I've seen the values go up 150,000 on a bungalow, which is just incredible, right? Yeah. Where, where I've seen St. Catharines actually become less valuable than Welland, even though it's a gorgeous little city with right on the highway access. So that's, that's where I come with that. Yeah. You know, one of the things too, I will say, as you're, as you're saying that and in just in terms of like upping the value is it's always a little bit tricky because a lot of those investors will just refinance and keep it. Right. So it doesn't actually click in some actual like comparable ARVs. So you're, you're kind of, you know, in, in a way with Welland as an example, like even though a lot of investors are doing really well, there's no sales so, like to the extent. No one's selling. Yeah. That we yeah no one's selling. So we've seen, it's just amazing. We're actually seeing people purchase them for close to ARV as a duplex and they still have to put in the construction, which is, I saw one two weeks ago, just for just quick numbers. We, the highest we've ever seen is 510 as a refi duplex and people are now buying bungalows before duplexing for 480, which is mm-hmm. just incredible. You want your money out of those deals, not in them. <laughs> Yeah, so I figured I figured that one would make you panic inside. Oh my god! Well, clearly not one of my students or my deals. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes you're, you people from Toronto go and like look at Welland, and they're like, "Oh my god, I could buy like an entire house for like half a mil. Like, why not?" And you know, and then they kind of just uh, do it without. I see that a lot. I see that a lot. It seems like the people from Toronto that come from. $1.2 million shoeboxes, see what they can buy out here for half a million and just jump on it, even though the numbers don't quite make sense. That's why it's important to look at after repair values and subtract your quote from your contractor and holding costs. And then you got to add your profit in there and that's your purchase price, right? And if it doesn't make sense, this is why you got to be objective as an investor, right? If it doesn't make sense, you move on, another one will come. Yeah. And that's how, yeah, that's how we started, right? It's an, an emotional, it's, sorry, it's not an emotional purchase, right? We're talking about the numbers. If John's going to tell you whether it doesn't matter what you're buying the house for, he knows what his renovation costs are going to be, right? More or less. And, and that's where, you know, you increase revenue, decrease expenses, and, and that's how you can maximize those profits. So um, yeah, and make sure you account for all the, the coffees, make, bring, bring by the construction crew, lots of coffees. They like that. So make sure you put that into the budget, right? <laughs> it'll certainly, it'll certainly help. It'll certainly help. John, John, question for you. Like when somebody's doing a conversion, how long should they estimate that it's going to take once permits are in hand? Cause obviously all the city is going to, are going to be longer or yeah. shorter. So for, for the way we do it and based on seeing other people do it, it should be around the 90 day mark, give or take a few, a few days. That does not count for St. Catherine. So I know I got to bring it up. Sorry, but permanent, uh, I said permanent hand, <laughs> permanent hand, but even in St. Catherine's permanent hand, it's not going to take 90 days. And it's just like, 
so in Hamilton, here's a good example. Say for some reason we were to fail an inspection, the inspector wants something fixed. I could have the inspector back next day, right? So that doesn't really put any hiccups in that you fix it, you, you, you get the inspection, you move on to the next stage where St. Catherine's seven to nine days to rebook an inspector. Wow. So you, and you figure that one over the project, but really if you're doing the projects well, you know what you're doing. There's no reason uh, a conversion shouldn't take around the 90 day mark. Now, if you're going to go do a massive, you know, that the additional unit or the main unit, you're going to do a massive run. Okay. That's going to take some more time. But if you're just going to go strictly on a conversion, even just maybe some light rentals upstairs, it should be around that 90 day mark. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you know, the city inspectors, you can get them quicker or depending on, you know, the area, how, how um, it might take longer. But what are, what are the top things that, you know, you've seen through your experiences and then maybe coming on to other jobs and other contractors that, that you see that inspectors walk through that are really sticklers? Is it ceiling height? Is it clearance? Is it windows? Like, what are the top, what are the top hits on that list? It seems like each inspector has their own kind of, you know, uh, thing they're really picky about but ceiling heights important obviously but you know uh structures you want like you'll get in the old structures there's a lot of stuff that should be fixed up so you want to get to make sure that thing because that they will be picky on that insulation obviously we want to make sure we're meeting the values and and each city's kind of got their own nuance on what they want like uh for example we all love pot lights right in Hamilton, for example, the inspectors recommend just doubling up the insulation above the pot lights, where in certain other cities, Toronto, I've seen in Toronto, I've seen in St. Catharines, you have to go and build drywall boxes for fire separation. So St. Catharines, big thing is fire separation to the T. Hamilton's is more parking, which has really got nothing to do with construction, but that's their main thing when the building is, is parking difficulties. The process is pretty easy. Well, and I've had one inspector be really picky about insulation. And then some well, some inspectors are legally blind. I'm <laughs> just joking, but uh, it's a. Uh, We're but, all going uh, so to go like, to Holland. It sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, in Brantford, you know, we had a, a plumbing inspector that was kind of picky and wanted things done a certain way and uh, pressure balanced, all that stuff. So to pick out one is difficult. Once, I am saying this because we have so much experience. I probably go back in my early days when we started first doing them. I'm sure we had a lot more challenges that I don't remember. But if you're working with somebody that's done a few of these things, at least there's, it's really, it's, it's on the drawings, build it to the drawings. The inspectors are going to be happy, right? Windows. Now windows are always a major issue because you have to meet the windows. You have to have that egress. You have to have, for example, Hamilton has a rule, had a, adopted a rule for years that if you had direct access outside, so it was just one staircase, you couldn't, it wasn't common, you didn't need an egress window because it was direct access outside. That was the way the rule was written. Nowadays, even though it's written that way, they're starting to make sure you put the additional egress window with that, which I agree with. Okay, I'm not arguing, but it's just, it's little things like that. So the one thing you have to be really good at uh, when you're doing what we're doing is adapting to change and not flipping out. So I have a pretty strict rule in my company, which most investors appreciate is if I give you a price, that's the price. If I screw up, I pay for it. Right. You inspect stuff like that. Most people appreciate that. Right. I respect that a lot. Cause you, you hear all these horror stories about contractors being like, Oh, well, I forgot to price this out or, Oh, well, you know what? I found this and you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat it. 
And I do appreciate that because I, I will say like, you're, you're not the cheapest, but we're not going to be, no. you know, we're not getting surprises with you, right? Which is, which is exactly what we want. So versus going for a quote that sounds cheaper, like, let's just hope that that person doesn't come back and, and try to be like, oh, well, I forgot to add this and this and this, or this came up. You're, you're, you're factoring in contingencies and, you know, like things do happen, right? Like in construction projects. So. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's the, the honest thing is, most contractors, I've spent a lot of money in the, over the last couple of years on, on proper contractor education, which you do not learn anywhere. And that the concept of pricing is most guys are pricing and don't have a clue how they're pricing. They're just taking numbers and guessing out. Mine's pretty scientific. I am not the cheapest contractor in the world, but I do promise to give you the best value in the world. So it's when you're working, when you're picking a contractor, if you're all about the price, okay, that's fine. I can under, and I respect it because I would do it on my own house all the time. I'm not lying with you, but uh, you have to be real careful. Like getting the lowest bid, there is problems with that. And it doesn't mean that you have to go with the highest price guy either, because sometimes the guys don't want the job and they literally throw high numbers at it. Yeah. I hope not to get it. If they get it, oh, well, they just made a bunch of money. Yeah, right? exactly. That's uh, why it's important pricing. to have a good pulse on like roughly what things can cost, right? Like if you're getting a quote for like 200 grand for a basement conversion and it's like, you know, a thousand square foot upstairs versus and downstairs, yeah, something's wrong. So that'd be nice. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I know, right? So just, so how many projects can you actually take on at once? Cause you're, you're in a lot of cities. I know you do a lot of things. You've got a big team. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so right now we're doing about 19. Um, right now I figured where we are, we could do about 25 effectively. We're starting to expand. I've hired a bunch of new people. I'm training a bunch of new people. We're getting project managers. The fascinating thing is that for the last three years, I've been doing, we've been doing 16 projects at a time with basically me and my partner. And it's amazing it ever got done. But, you know, we, we promised to care more. It was long days. So now we're we're building a scalable business so we have more people in here so my goal is to be doing about 30 projects a quarter over the next couple of years so it's right now i feel like 20 in, in each area about 25 effectively while we're growing the team yeah that's that's awesome and, and you know what that's that's probably music to a lot of the right club nation's ears you being more available having amazing people at your disposal and then under your guidance and leadership of doing those projects with all that experience because you only get that experience one way guys is experiencing it and um, it. and then doing it right so that's fantastic but uh yeah i think uh, i think we've gotten to the part of the of the podcast where we're going to do our lightning round so uh so john are you ready for the lightning round yes sir this week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right. All right. Awesome. Question number one, John, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Keep your emotions in check. It's a business decision. True. 
That's it. That's it. And that's guys, that's coming from a contractor. They got the bad rap of like, you know, hammers and all that kind of stuff, right? They know how to use the tools. So that, that, that's, that's great advice. Um, all right. Question number two, what is your favorite resource for real estate investing? And that could be anything like a book training a person, an event, your favorite resource. You know what I miss the most is real life networking. Um, I've been to a lot of real estate investors and this is not because this is podcast. Your guys, your guys in person networking event is by far the best one I've ever been to. I miss the hell out of it and I look forward to it coming back soon. Yeah, we definitely miss it. We do have virtual networking now. Uh, as That's well. not the same. It's good, but it's not the same. I know. I but, know. <laughs> but you know, it, it's uh, like, so, you know, I, I think the favorite one I ever had was um, the guy from uh, the hockey player you guys had in live event. What's his name? Jared Hope. When you guys yeah. had Jared, he is by far my favorite speaker I've ever listened, talked to in my entire life. Awesome. Yeah, he's great. Okay, cool. Question number three, John, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Attributes stubbornness drive but you know what honesty at this point it's uh going working with people like in business decisions i could sell every job that i wanted to sell right i could just lie about the price i could you know you could do with the other contractor i can do it for 50 and then oh i forgot this this and this i i've lost a lot of jobs by telling the truth about the price but i rather not have that conversation afterwards so been there, done that, seen it. It builds your reputation, right? I mean, it's important to have a good reputation in this business because if if you didn't do a good job, you're you're could because you work with investors, you'd be yes. done. Unfortunately, you you know what it what it is. It's such a small industry, so like it is good because you have a you have a really good reputation. And like, yes, you're not the cheapest, but like, we're not getting any surprises with you. <laughs> no, investors are worse than sorority girls. So we uh, we both know that. Uh, <laughs> We both know that you can't screw up, right? So that's that's the whole thing, right? You can't screw up. And if you do, I mean, we all screw up. Don't get me wrong, but you fix it. Yeah. And Fixing it is you don't important. Make it, you don't want to make it somebody else's problem. And um, you do your best to help. And I think my partner and I, I think we spend 10 times more stress and worrying about your project than you ever will. And I think that's why we're successful. I'm not saying we probably should do that forever. Our hearts are going to fail, but that's how I think we built it. And now we have a system to go around it. So it's been a lot of fun and uh, I look forward to see what the future holds. I love that. I love, I'm going to take that quote that investors are worse than sorority sisters. I love that. (laughs) That's it. And it's true. That's what it's all about. Networking, learning from others and getting others experiences, but uh, awesome. All right. So last question to wrap up the lightning round Uh, on a Sunday morning, typically what are you up to? And and don't say you're worrying about our projects. Maybe that's in the afternoon, but on Sunday morning, what are are you up to? (laughs) tell you it's your Sunday morning I make my kids breakfast because I usually I uh I'm not getting up early on Sunday I usually get up between three and four in the morning every day of the week on Sundays I do not I usually get up around eight nine o'clock the first thing I do is make breakfast and then then I go to work nice that's good how many kids you got John got two boys nine and seven and they uh they uh, take everything I got I don't know how people do the multiple more than more than two kids because (laughs) these guys they try me on a good day. They're great boys. Uh, they got a new puppy in the house. So uh, they're driving. I'm, that's why I built a little office inside my garage. Now I can oh, have wow. peace and quiet. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. 
All right. Awesome. John, where can the Right Club Nation reach out if they wanted to connect with you, get you to quote on projects or reach out for whatever reason? Uh, you know what? Uh, we got blackjackcontractinginc.ca. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can find me at uh, REI Contractor on both of them and uh, pretty much everywhere else. So and the right club yeah so we're on the, we're on the so, right club uh website too that new with the new website i'm just getting to learn how to use so awesome awesome and then as the last question any final last words of advice for the right club nation um just keep going don't be afraid because you know what the most success i've ever had is when i got over the fear of everything about this so just jump in and do it and uh you're gonna take some lumps in the beginning like we all did but once uh once you get a little experience under your belt, it's, it really flies from there. Yep, absolutely. John, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having thank you, you on. Thank you very much. What a great conversation we had with John. He is just like, the way that he talks about renovations, it makes me feel calm because I hate that stuff, right? About, oh, we're going to rip this out and knock down that wall and that's a supporting wall and that's not to code. And that makes me all nervous and get all anxious. But having him as like a calming presence, explaining, walking through the process. Yep, been there before, been there, done that 120 times, going to keep continuing to do that, building on more people. That's who you want part of your team, right? Those people that are going to bring that expertise to the, to the table. So uh, Sarah, what was your, uh, what was your takeaway? Yeah. I mean, you know what, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable how calm he is with all the projects going on. Cause I, I can tell you, there's definitely some stuff that happens right with the city, with the, with the, you know, I mean, so many things with all the shortages that are happening and, and he's just calm and he's able to work through it and, and, you know, look at it as, you know, a, a problem that that can he can solve and I think that's really cool but he's got a lot of experience I mean he's done 116 conversions in a very short amount of time and uh you know and that's and that's conversions right it's like it's not all the projects it's just conversions specifically so I, I think if, if somebody's looking to do a conversion I mean work with somebody that's done many conversions that, that would probably be my biggest takeaway because it'll go so much smoother and uh and so much faster than having a conversion take nine months like like you heard him right 90 days with permits in hand, obviously some cities are slower than others. That's not the contractor's fault necessarily. That's the city itself. But, uh, you know, if you work with someone on your team that knows how to do these, it's going to be a lot better, especially if you're doing the birth strategy or you're doing flipping or something along the lines, you need things done on time and on budget. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure the right club community is full of those weekend warriors that, you know, maybe finished your own basement but I'll challenge you. It probably took you like two, three years, right? Or, or longer times when you're doing that yourself. And when we're talking about, you know, real estate investing as a business, you want those key members that, you know, are accountable that are going to get those jobs. If you have a mortgage broker, you don't want them doing side stuff, you know, other things, right? You want a professional. If you were just licensed, right? Like you, you got to get the experts in your corner, leverage their expertise, and then you guide the ship and put all those people in the right place. And, and John, uh, John is a great example of the contractor side of it. An amazing supporter of the right club. We're so thankful uh, for, for him being an amazing supporter, one of our right partners and really helping a lot of the right club community. So um, yeah, check him out on, on the website, the right on our online community, uh, get in touch with him, get in touch with us 
And guys, if you like these podcasts, if you're listening to them, we're, I think this is going to, we're over a hundred now for sure. Not sure what episode this will be, but uh, rate us, review. We want to know what, uh, what you think, what we can do more of, maybe what, what you don't like, and uh, maybe some, some new topics as well too, outside of uh, real estate investing as well. We're, we're excited and uh, encourage you guys to really uh, give us your feedback. We love hearing it. Awesome. That's great. Right, Club Nation? Until next time, come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.